With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So there's at least one thing that I said at the end of the regular season that I was spot on with. And that's by not getting the first pick in the draft. It was going to make the offseason much, much, much more interesting for the New York Jets. Because, I, I mean, for, for almost 14 weeks, it was like a shoe-in that the Jets were getting the top pick in the draft. They were trading Sam Darnold. They were drafting Trevor Lawrence. They, they, they were hitting the complete reset button from the Mike McCagnon era. And it was just a matter of going through the motions because we knew what was going to happen, and it was playing out the offseason schedule. But there wasn't much room for surprises. But you know how it is. You shock the world, you go 2-14, and 14, and all of a sudden that entire 14-week plan was flipped upside down thanks to 15 straight losses by the Jaguars. So instead, it's been interesting. It's been exciting at times. Maybe a little bit frustrating and a little nerve-wracking because we don't know what they're going to do, but it's certainly been more interesting. Because who likes to be able to predict their future? Like What, what, what fun is that? The person that knows what they want to be when they grow up knows exactly how to get there and you know doesn't have to take any risks. That person ends up being an accountant, eating breakfast every morning at 8 o'clock, eating dinner every night at 6 o'clock, leaves no room for a change of scenery. And Trevor Lawrence would have given us that type of offseason, that accountant-style offseason. Instead, we're the kid who just changed majors three times, dropped out of college, made money in the stock market, lost money in the stock market. Maybe tried our hand at acting, worked at a restaurant, and still doesn't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Trade the pick, keep the pick, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott. Like, the rumors have been insane at times during the offseason. And I guess credit Joe Douglas for keeping a tight lid on what he wants to do, because, like, I have no idea what he wants to do. I could tell you what I want him to do, and I will. I could tell you what I think he might do, and I will. But what is he going to do? This one's not as easy as he's drafting Trevor Lawrence. It's also not as easy as trade the world for a disgruntled Deshaun Watson as the sexual harassment allegations and lawsuits are being thrown at him left and right. And even though he hasn't been proven guilty and there are certainly plenty of holes to poke in some of those stories when you're talking about it potentially being north of 20 women another NFL team can't attach their future to Deshaun Watson right now and a month ago or so I think the the Jets and Deshaun looked like a perfect fit or close to it because the the Jets came into the offseason with three major assets the first one being a, a ton of draft picks which We'll see how they use, but some of us wanted to see them get used on Deshaun Watson, and then some of us want to see it get used on Zach Wilson. And we'll get into that in, in a bit. But the other two were a ton of cap space and head coach that for some reason, everyone was thinking that players were going to sprint to come play for him. 
And that's despite the fact that the Jets are just coming off of an historically bad year. And they're in the middle of maybe their worst rut in franchise history. So I just, I never buy into a head coach being that much of an attraction for players or or for, for free agents. It could be a, a detraction, but I don't think there are many coaches that players run to play for. A popular coach doesn't outweigh dollars, location, or being on a team that gives you a chance to win. But the other aspect, the ton of cap space, it almost turned out to be a, a moot point this year for the Jets. And that's for a couple of reasons. The first being that players were more willing to sign shorter deals and one-year deals because the salary cap went down. So because there was the expectation of less teams having flexibility to sign big free agents, some free agents were more willing to take a shorter deal so that they could jump back in the pool next year and hopefully have more options. And then the other reason is the television deals. The cap dipped this year, but the NFL just signed TV deals worth in excess of $100 billion. So first of all, Anybody who thought a couple years ago when the ratings started to dip a little bit that the NFL was in trouble can now just throw that away. Because not only is the NFL healthy, but to be honest, like the, the, the few older white males that claim they stopped watching the league because some players took a knee, the NFL doesn't really care about you. That's not the demo that they're chasing. That That's not even the 18 to 49 demo that television advertisers are chasing. So all, all that fake hype about social issues ruining the NFL or too many rules ruining the NFL, the league getting soft or, or concussions, it all turned out to be nonsense. $100 billion in television rights deals. The league is going to be very successful for a very long time. And that's just as we are just kind of really starting to reach the, the tip of the iceberg of sports gambling in this country. Because football success and popularity with gambling being legalized, is only going to get bigger. But what that, what those television deals did do was ensure teams that the cap is going to go up in the near future. So a team like the Giants, who had no cap flexibility this offseason, they were able to rework contracts and backload them for when the cap does increase. And now all of a sudden, they were able to have $100 million to spend on Leonard Williams, They were able to have plenty of money left over to sign the best wide receiver in free agency. So the Jets cap space, all of a sudden, like it wasn't nearly the asset that it would have been in prior years. And that's not to say that the Jets did a bad job in free agency. The Jets got who we believe could be a a potential legit number one wide receiver in Corey Davis. And if he is, they got him at a, a bargain to go alongside Denzel Mims. Tevin Coleman could be a good find getting more of an opportunity in Michael Fleur's offense. Carl Lawson is probably the Jets' first legitimate defensive end present since before Mo Wilkerson took his money and decided that he didn't need to try anymore a few years ago. Sheldon Rankins, another big-time move on the D-line. The Jets' D-line should be absolutely stacked, assuming that they don't end up trading Quinn and Williams. And then they still have C.J. Mosley potentially returning to play behind them, so... The Jets, look, the Jets lacked playmakers more than any other team last year. And they have so far succeeded in adding some legitimate ones during this offseason. So that certainly cannot be ignored. So although the cap space might not have been the asset that we thought it was going to be, they certainly still were able to use it to their benefit. But three things that they have not addressed 
Is the offensive line, which they certainly need another cornerstone guy to build around alongside Mekhi Becton. They need a legit cornerback, and I don't think a 33-year-old Richard Sherman would be the answer for that. And they need to figure out what to do at quarterback, which is where we're going to go after a quick break. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I know there are plenty of people in the camp of Sam Darnold didn't get a fair shake with the Jets because the the team was so bad. And they're not wrong. Like, Darnold was, was trending during the Super Bowl because the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes proved how bad a quarterback can look behind an incompetent offensive line. And I think some people were starting to say, like, kind of feel bad a little bit for Sam Darnold. And I, I saw um, Lewis Riddick tweet a video of Darnold over the weekend after everybody was just drooling over Zach Wilson's pro day, and especially the, the crossbody throw 60 yards downfield that he made. And Riddick tweeted a video of Darnold from last year claiming that it was the same or similar throw. It was in the, the game against the 49ers. And... I'm not claiming to have an ounce of the football knowledge that Lewis Riddick does. The guy's a fantastic analyst, a former pro player, a general manager-worthy front office talent. The guy that's spent well over a decade working in front offices. But with all that being said, it was not the same throw. The one that Darnold made was not that one that got everybody all giddy over Zach Wilson. One was 25 yards, the other was 60 yards. It was not nearly the same. And granted, Sam actually threw his pass in a game. So he he felt real pressure from the defense and was actually hit. Zach Wilson was playing make-believe. I understand that. I get all that. But the throws were still not the same. They were were both cross-body. They were both on the run. They were both impressive. But Wilson's, his, his throw down the field showed an exorbitant amount of arm strength. Darnold's did not. The, the Jets cannot bring Sam Darnold back. And I, again, I, I preface this by saying that I agree. He never received a fair shot to develop. And, and as, as much as I've spent the last year, really year and a half, saying that Sam Darnold just looks like he's a, a bust of a draft pick for the Jets, I 100% agree that the, the Jets ruined Darnold as much as he did not help himself. So like as much as we look at his numbers and say a... a a legitimate franchise quarterback should have been able to overcome the, the 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 faults of the Jets and at least show some improvement. And I agree with that. Darnold should have been able to show some sort of development in three seasons with the Jets, which he was unable to do. And no matter how bad the team was around him, no matter how much trouble he had with different offensive coordinators, different head coaches, different general managers, different teams trying to build around him, the bottom line is he showed zero development and here's what cannot happen the Jets can't now spend an offseason trying to build around Darnold which he, he he certainly would have plenty of better pieces during the 2021 season than he had in 2020 but they cannot afford to put him out on the field in next September 
and have him come out and throw two interceptions in week one. I just, I don't think in year four, I don't think he can recover from that. I don't think the fans would allow it. I don't think the media would allow it. I don't think that he can come back from that. And everybody's going to be waiting on the next mistake to just say, I told you so. I also 100% believe that Joe Douglas wants to put his stamp on this team. And the number one way for a general manager to do that is by getting their own quarterback. It could be through trade. It could be through free agency. It could be through the draft. But it cannot be by retaining the quarterback that the last general manager that was here drafted. And Darnold with the Jets will always be associated with Mike McCagnan. If he wins, if he loses, he's going to be thought of as McCagnan's guy, not Joe Douglas's. And I think Joe Douglas is going to want to have his quarterback here. And he is probably hoping that he never gets the opportunity again with the Jets to pick second overall. I know everybody freaked out when Corey Davis said that he expects Darnold to be the guy. But like, what did everybody think he was going to say when he was asked that question? That, that he doesn't want to play with the quarterback that's on the roster right now? And completely erase any leverage that the Jets might have? I also, I also don't believe that Adam Schefter's report saying that the 49ers never checked in with the Jets about trading for the number two pick before they jumped up to three. The Jets are essentially operating as, as 49ers East right now. And I, I'm supposed to believe that nobody from San Francisco checked in with Robert Sala or, or Mike LaFleur to see how they feel about their team's quarterback situation right now? No shot. So like maybe, maybe the Niners never made a formal offer for the number two pick, but they 100% checked in with the Jets before trading with Miami. And then at, Miami now is seemingly the front runner for Watson. And I just, I don't know how quickly all the stuff surrounding him is going to get resolved. Like I can't see a team trading for him right now with all the looming sexual harassment lawsuits. I, I can't see him staying in Houston either because of the bad blood with Cal McNair and these allegations, I'm sure, are, are only making that relationship worse. And I also, I don't even know if the league is going to allow him to start the season on time with everything that's going on. I don't, I don't think that this is all going to be resolved by the end of the summer. And, and if there's 20 women saying that there's these allegations of sexual harassment, like how does the league just let him go out there and play with all of that cir- circling? So, so much of this has changed in the last month with that situation. To be honest, if for the Jets, like they might be better off for it because I'll, I'll use the analogy of like the most attractive girl at the bar isn't necessarily the one that you always want to have a relationship with. Watson is an incredible talent, and it's hard to get past that. But the bottom line is. Is trading all of your draft assets for a $40 million a year quarterback smart? Like, is that going to actually help the Jets get to where they want to go in terms of the goal being winning a Super Bowl? Because probably it's probably not the best business model. Sometimes chasing a quarterback is like chasing the forbidden fruit. And maybe maybe Watson being off the table is a bit of a blessing in disguise for the Jets. Despite the reasons for Watson being off the, the table, despite why he's off the table, because obviously nothing about that situation is is a blessing. But right now, the only answer that makes sense for the Jets is Zach Wilson. It, it restarts having a quarterback on a rookie contract. 
they're they'll be giving him more assets to start with than they ever gave Sam Darnold. There's no pressure to get stuck paying a, a bad quarterback like you will have if you do keep Darnold. You know, for Sam, this would also it would be his third system in four years, where with Wilson he has a chance to grow in a system, a system that you know is going to be in place for a minimum of three straight years. So the, the Jets screwed up by not getting rid of Bowles when they drafted Darnold to have a quarterback and a coach kind of grow together. With Wilson, they'll have the quarterback, the head coach, offensive coordinator, all on the same timeline. And you're going to have a general manager in the middle of a six-year contract who clearly is not going anywhere for a while. And it clearly has his goal is going to be developing this quarterback and building around him. So as, as Wilson's stock rises... And people like Chris Sims claim that he's even better than Trevor Lawrence. The Jets just, they can't pass this up. Hitting the reset button and developing a quarterback is something that they've never done it properly. They didn't do it with Mark Sanchez. They didn't do it right with Chad Pennington. They didn't do it with Geno Smith. They didn't do it with Sam Darnold. They've never been all in on on properly developing a quarterback. And this is their chance to do that for the first time in their franchise. It's, the, it's their chance to develop a quarterback. It's it's Joe Douglas's chance to stamp this team as his own. It's his chance to have five years with a quarterback on a rookie contract, build around him, develop him, win with him. Because once you get stuck paying a quarterback, winning becomes nearly impossible in the NFL. You go down the list of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. They all did it on their rookie contracts. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or even go back to guys like Joe Flacco and Eli Manning. Once you pay them, you cannot build around them. Tom Brady is the outlier, but that's because he doesn't get paid like a top five quarterback. He takes so much less money so that you can still build around him. But that's the the benefit of having a wife whose net worth is $500 million or whatever it is that Giselle has in the bank. Tom Brady doesn't have to be the breadwinner in the family. And if if Sam Darnold has a halfway decent season, he's getting paid $30 million a year. He'll be making more than Tom Brady is. And the Jets can't get stuck being the team to make that mistake, being the team to give him that amount of money. You hit the reset button. You draft Wilson. You actually develop a quarterback. And let's go. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Condes Jets podcast. And as always, big up.